Welcome to another episode of A Woman's Worth with Ms. Shannon White and Dr. Pamela Foster. A woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Thank you, listeners, listeners, for joining us for another episode of A Woman's Worth today. And today our topic is let's talk about HIV from 1981 to the present. So Dr. Foss is here and we're going to talk about HIV from 1981 to the present. We're going to talk about some of our journeys as well in HIV. From when we started, we've been in in the field for over two nearly two decades. So we're going to share some information about our experiences as well. So Dr. Foss, you want to start? Yeah, sure, sure. So look, how I got into HIV, I was a PhD student um, before I went to med school, believe it or not, and my area of research was sickle cell anemia. So I was an expert on sickle cell. If you asked me anything about sickle cell, I knew it. Um, But when I went to go take my comprehensive exams for my PhD, uh, they threw uh, sickle cell anemia questions at me and I knew it. But then, you know, actually anything in the field in science was open game for questioning. And they asked me about HIV. This was in the 80s. This was around 85, 84, 85, when when, uh, AIDS was just new on the scene, right? And I didn't know, I didn't know what they were talking about. I hadn't done my homework. I hadn't kept up with the literature. I really didn't know what they were talking about. So I flunked that question. Can you believe that? And really, that's what got me away from the path of PhD into medicine. I decided to leave and go into medicine after that. But that one question, and it's so interesting, Rashonda, isn't it, that now that's what I do, HIV, AIDS research. Isn't that interesting? Been doing it for Where were you in the 80s when HIV? um, I was still still in... In uh, what probably middle school, elementary middle school. Middle school. <laughs> what, what do you remember first? What do you remember? Well, I just remember, remember um, you know, about, you know, it was on the news a lot and mm-hmm. people were dying from it and mm-hmm. there was no, you know, no cure for, for, for it. And then, you know, for my generation, it became really clear to us when the easy easy a famous yeah. person. A black yes. person, because remember yes. when it first came out, it was white gay man, right? Yes. Because initially it was called GRIDS in the yes. literature, uh, gay related immunodeficiency disease. We didn't even know it was AIDS. We didn't know it was a virus uh, yes. until uh, around the 80s, early 80s. So you you found out from a, a, a rap star. That's when it became real for my age, my right. generation. My right. Like, OK, wow, somebody we listening to. Right, right. And, um, he and later on, he probably quickly brought, died. Probably yes. later on with uh, Magic Johnson more, I think more yes. black people didn't realize, hey, this is not just a white disease. This can yes. affect our community as well. Isn't that interesting? And I do remember, Indeed. Rashonda, when um, the Surgeon General mailed out to every household right. that this was a serious issue, AIDS. I do remember that, uh, which was which was interesting. So it was taken very seriously uh, then. But early on, you know, we didn't know until we found out it was a virus. We really couldn't do any uh, medications. And that has just changed tremendously. We'll get into that a little later. But but um, we wanted to kind of talk about the transmissions of right. HIV, the virus, because that's changed over the decades from 81. Remember? And I, and I want to say this before we leave the journey, because I remember when I was in studying my undergrad degree at African-American Studies, mm-hmm. and we had a class in there in that particular program mm-hmm. at the top 
um, public health issues in African Americans, and HIV was one of them. Wow! And so that gave me more education on the disease and right. how it was affected African Americans, Americans, and the community and the entire. Yes, community. exactly. And not just and men, but women as well. Women, exactly, and women at the same and time the, that um, here it was mainly men initially. It was men and women in Africa. So I right. bet in your class, Rashonda, you talked about what was going on in Sub-Saharan Africa with yes, HIV AIDS, yes, not just yes. here in the United States. Right. So, I mean, also yes. made it a, a global disease, right. almost similar to what's happening with, with, uh, yes. with uh, COVID, right? COVID, yes, COVID. because Pan- again, pandemic. talking about the people that didn't have the access to the medication, correct. And the care. And the- correct, it's correct. So a lot of parallels. Yes, a yes, lot of parallels. Exactly. That's COVID, interesting. Yes, exactly. Because we know over there in some parts of Africa, some people don't have access to the vaccines. Exactly. That's correct. That's correct. With COVID, that's correct. So initially, I remember the H's. I think it was four H's, uh, Rashonda. I know Haitians was one of them. Uh, yes. Anybody who had blood transfusions was another one. Um, uh, besides gay, gay men um, at risk. Um, some of those were really uh, discriminatory particularly with Haitians, we knew that some of the patterns had to do with gay white men in the United States traveling to different uh, countries uh, and uh, spreading the disease that way. So it's just interesting. Uh, But now there are only four ways to transmit HIV in 2022. So one of those that was early on the list fell off the list, and that was through blood transfusions. Remember Arthur Ashe? Yes, remember yes. Arthur Ashe got a lot of the- blood transfusion, but now that's not really one of the ways you get it right, in 2022. Right. And that's because why? Because they actually test the blood now. They test the blood. Um, they test the blood now. The we blood let, supply we test now. the blood supply. So I still, when I do um, sessions out in the community, people will say you can get it from blood transfusion. Not in 2022. In 1981, perhaps, but not in 2022. So the, right. So the other ways you use. So you so not that way. Uh, still sexually. Right. Sexual. That's uh, oral, oral, anal, anal and vaginal. So I, and, I have to say oral because sometimes yes. you say oral. It, it does put you at a slighter risk. Yes. Anal the most risk. Vaginal second and oral third. And that's more it has to do with anatomy and how close, uh, you know, the virus has to get into the body. Right. And it's, it can get in through those uh, those other ways, uh, uh, um, anal and vaginal, much yes, more efficiently than even oral. Right. Okay. But and still, anal those, being the more anyway, highest. Right. So yes. any any uh, sexual um, uh, um, way is it is transmitted that way. It is transmitted IV drug use, right? right. So right. Um, anybody who injects up drugs and uses those needles or shares the needle, the, we call them the works of the needles, that's another way to get it. The other way that's that's changed over the years um, is mother-to-child transmission. It used yes. to be much higher, but I think it was maybe 25%. Uh, transmission, yes, 30% yes. and great work in that area. Right, great work because now, um, yes. from, for the most part, most pregnant women get tested for HIV. And if they're tested, right. they get medications, and that brings the risk down to almost zero, negligible, yes. we say. Unless women don't get prenatal care, we can't. And that's what I was going to share. Yes. That's why we have to push women we have to push into prenatal, prenatal care, care, HIV testing of pregnant women. Right. And, and, you know, I've had experiences where women, some women have called me because they didn't have, they didn't know 
particularly they had no insurance and then didn't know where to go to get care so they can get the prenatal care. So that's why it's important for us in this show to educate people and inform them the reasons why it's so important to get into prenatal care because, you know, you can get that test. But yeah. I would say um, maybe your aid service organizations, and for this show, MAO yes. is our major one, Montgomery Advocacy Outreach. They can give you some uh, ideas if you're pregnant to get tested, but right. also maybe also direct you to prenatal care as well. Right, yes. exactly. And, you, and so. it's good to know. So that I'm glad you mentioned that. So for our listeners, if they, because, you know, people in the community, we sometimes rely on one another for information. Right, right. So, right. you know, you can share that information with others, you know, Correct. particularly someone that may be pregnant and may not have access or don't have medical insurance. And, so and we have to ask them MAO to, whether, to not they see, whether right. not they see pregnant women uh, right. who are HIV positive. Um, they might, but I'm not sure they prefer. So that, that would be. Yeah, I think. Yes. Yeah, they do. Because yes, they will have yes, that, yes. that um, partnership with um, family care, family, family care. You okay. Be okay. Family medicine. Family yeah. medicine. OK. It's probably uh, I forgot the name of the clinic uh, in Montgomery. Mm. That's, uh, yes. They that's had family. a like a, um, a um, partnership with them. Right. You know, where Dr. Simpson, I know she was the doctor there. OK. 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 We'll, we'll have to have her on the show maybe. To yes, talk about yeah, it. absolutely. So those are three yes, ways. Yes. The last way that most people don't really know is uh, breast milk. Yes. Uh, if a woman is pregnant and HIV positive, she can pass that on to her baby through breast milk. So those are the four ways. So it's, it's yes. And going back to Africa, that was one of the major transmissions from breast milk from mother to child. Yes, yes. They and in some eight. countries, they have done well with even the mother to child. I know Uganda has done well. Other countries, not as much, but they have done well. I mean, that brings us, we forgot to, to talk about how did HIV get um, noticed in women here in this country? And it was certain diagnoses, you know, um, again, you're, you have a, a really deficient immune system where normal um, 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 illnesses uh, that everybody gets, we can really kind of uh, clear them out of our systems. So, but they were seeing women with thrush, with thrush, I'm sorry, thrush in the mouth, candiasis yes. in the mouth, and candiasis yes. can also be in the vaginal area, uh, uh, just vaginal, really severe vaginal infections. And that's how they said something's going on. These women uh, have their immune systems not clearing these uh, diseases. And that's how we found out that women also had HIV and AIDS. Some of them going to AIDS. Right. Because remember, that's, we don't how, use start, that's how it was first diagnosed in women. Right. That's how it was first diagnosed in women. And we really are moving away from the term AIDS, acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, because that's the late stage of when you get infected. But what we're doing now is we want to catch HIV early so that right. we can get your viral load undetectable so that you won't even get to AIDS. So we're really mm-hmm. using the right. term that's HIV much more than AIDS, right? And that has changed yes. over the years. We had people that got diagnosed late stages. They didn't even know they had HIV. It, it went so far, went along, and then boom, they had they they they, they were late stage. And so yes. they had AIDS and they died quickly. That was even before we had meds. Now we have medicines to keep people alive. We've got medicines to get their viral loads down. So now we're more in the HIV rather than AIDS. Era, right? 
Right. Which is great. Right. Right. Which is great. Which is great. So that kind of leads us into because there's so much out here to keep people alive and keep there them is living so much out here longer. So much out keep here. Them healthier. And, and, and really, the transition was, of course, uh, uh, the, the development of medicines. Once we found out what the virus is, we could we could uh, target and develop medicines. Let me tell you, the AIDS community, they were vocal in getting medicines uh, developed quickly because right. generally it used to take about 10 years for a medicine uh, to be developed. They said, look, we don't have time. Let's we, let's get these medicines developed now. And, and that there was a fast track on the AIDS medicines. Remember, AZT was first. Yeah. Now we have multiple medicines that instead of taking so many pills a day, uh, they was had one pill in one day. Have to take yes, so many pills. You know, five. Some of them got you know they had eight. One patient was taking eighteen pills a day. Correct. I Correct. That eighteen pills a day, and then you had a development, like you said, of new drugs where they were putting combining the, drugs, combining them into one medicine. Correct. You know, one medicine. So you didn't have to so, yeah. take so many doses. Yes. Uh, that so was many times a day. People, from adhering to medication and Correct. adhering to the treatment, which also could cause a decline in health because it was hard to adhere, you know, taking all day. those medicines yes. and stay on that path. And it's, it's yes. even more interesting. We're going to probably be coming on the era where we won't have to take pills. We might take injections that would last us for multiple months. So isn't that going to be great? That would yeah. be phenomenal. Yes. yes, yes. We already yes. have it for prep. So we'll talk about that when we get to prep. Yes, because I had an experience myself, not just of taking, I was had some iron medicine, my iron Mm -hmm. was low, Mm -hmm. and the tablets were not doing it. Mm-hmm. And they gave me an injection. Happened, you know. Yes. <laughs> how many months? How many months does injection <laughs> last? How many months? It it's been. I mean, it lasted. I have not had any more. Once oh, they wow. did injection, yes, that was it. I had to go two times because wow. my iron was very low. Yes. And once I got the injection, I was fine. It's I've wow. been fine ever since, and that's been almost two years ago. Yes. So, yes. So yes, the so other I, development, I tell yes. you, I went to my first international AIDS conference, and I haven't been to one since. Um, but it was in the United States for the first time in 2012, I believe, up in DC, Washington, DC. And it was so uh, monumental because it was the first time in the United States because uh, before that, all the, we had uh, some law on the books that said somebody with HIV could not come into the country. So Obama had that changed. And then we had our first international AIDS conference. And that's when they started talking about treatment as prevention. Treatment as prevention. Theoretically, if we could get everybody who's HIV positive onto medications and get their viral loads down to zero or negligible, then we could stop the transmission. Then you cannot transmit HIV to another person and we could literally stop and end the epidemic. So that was exciting. Um, yeah. At the time though, we, we at that time they said tw- only 20% of people who were HIV positive were had, had negligible, uh, undetectable, uh, viral loads, a low, low viral loads. So that meant we had some work to do. And, and one of the things that happened, uh, uh, Rashonda, was we, we, there were so many people who were not HIV, you know, we weren't testing them. We were missing a group of people, even though a million uh, now in the U.S. are HIV positive. There's some who are walking around who don't know they have HIV because we haven't tested them. 
So right, testing, right. testing became so important. Mantra, remember? Yes. Everybody yes. needs to get tested. Or uh, certainly at risk people need to get tested, but everybody needs to become I got tested to, myself recently. <laughs> I got tested yesterday at a fair. Last month. I got so, tested you know, yesterday at a fair. Well, I usually do it once yes. a year on, on a national uh HIV testing day, June 27th. But I got because it, it was a fair, I got it done and um we should get it done as a part of our primary prevention. We have to be leaders. Yes. Well, not tested. only that, yeah. it should be, yes. it should be a part of our primary that's what prevention, I right? Mm-hmm. So we get our cholesterol exactly. checked every year. Yes, that's right. We get our blood sugar checked to make check, make sure we don't have diabetes, right? HIV, same thing, right? You're HIV, right. same thing. Yeah. So that yes. was it. And then the other thing we found out was, okay, we're missing people who aren't HIV positive. But even when we get them tested, they're not linked to care, right? Right. So right. maybe if we were doing these health fairs, they don't they're not linked to a doctor in order to get their medicines. And then and, and going back to that, what you said, I had the correction that Dr. Tina Simpson, she's a physician at Family Medical Pediatrician. Um, family Medicine. Pediatrician yeah. at UAB. Family Medicine. Yes. No, it's UAB Family Medicine. So I just okay. had to make that. But she's correction. a pediatrician. Yes. Tina's yes. a pediatrician. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's I right. I know her well. She sees patients that you would be found in medicine. I wanted to correct that. Yes, so, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Tina Simpson is great. Uh, great pediatrician. She does do HIV. There's another uh, pediatrician there who works with her who does HIV as well. I don't remember her name again. But getting linked to care and then receiving the medicine, right? And then staying in. What right. they found was yes. uh, that people yes. were homeless. HIV people were homeless, so they might have lost their connections to, you know, they they didn't have a home, so they didn't have get care. So all yes. those things we had to we had to build all those things in, in order to get people to that to that um, uh, stage where they're um, viral. And another thing mm-hmm. is that people that keep people from retaining and actually accessing care and retaining care is again stigma. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So we've got many examples of, you know, people uh, going out of state, not right. getting care, especially if they're in rural areas, Rashonda, they're not yes. going to go to the, the primary care provider. And the primary care provider may not know how to treat them, right. treat their HIV, because right. a lot of uh, HIV patients go to ID, infectious disease specialists, because they really know how to treat HIV Patients right. and they're not in rural areas. Those clinics are not in rural areas. Right. Or, right. And I re- mm-hmm. Go ahead. Hey, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you. I said you know that's uh, just the uh, access. Right. Again, care. So key. Yes. It's not going to stigmatize you. Not going to make you feel bad. Yes. Um, I did some consultant work for a clinic in in Selma, where they uh, they let out the names of the people who are HIV positive in the town. A little small. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. So we had to do some training for the clinic workers on, you know, really paying attention. That's the most important thing. Confidentiality confidentiality for their patients. So all those things are important for getting people uh, into care, getting them to get their their medicine and then to achieve, you know, uh, suppression, HIV suppression. Lots right. of lots of change there. We call it the continuum, right? Yes. Lots yes. of change that could be disrupted that would keep a person from getting to that that whole thing we call you equal you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm seeing it on commercials now, but I'm not sure if people are paying attention. 
Yes. And, and you know, as our journey in HIV, we remember probably 12 more years ago where HIV was everywhere. I mean, the mm-hmm. commercials, mm-hmm. billboards, mm-hmm. it was everywhere mm-hmm. in education. And we did a lot of work on yes. HIV prevention for women, particularly African-American yes. women and girls. I mean, we used to have these big programs. Mm-hmm. We have large numbers of women mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was everywhere. The education was the goal to get the education out so women can be tested. And right. Yes. Prevention. And, and, and like you said, it's good you were seeing it coming back. Right. Um, and that's the purpose of this work we're doing. Right, right, um, right. Because we have a new generation now coming that's up. That's correct, so, correct. Like, you know, my daughter was a little girl then, and now she's an adult. That's correct. <laughs> she's 23. And might be sexually active. Yes, yeah, so exactly. So how to really so prevent, she, prevent her from becoming HIV yes. positive. That's the key. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't talk about the prevention. That was of what course, I was going to go into. Of course, can, abstinence. Of yeah. course, uh, but you know, that's not going to work. We can prevent HIV. Already be sexually yes. active. Let's be yes. real. Right. Yes. Yes. So barrier methods, uh, you know, uh, when I was in college, I graduated in 81 college. Mm-hmm. So, you know, condoms, we use condoms mainly so we wouldn't get pregnant. Right. But now right. condoms to prevent HIV is the key and the late latex, certain kinds of condoms. But guess what? I had to depend on a boyfriend. Yes. Sometimes I would I would buy it, too, and say, here, put it on or else we're not going to have sex. But that's right. me negotiating that. Yes, and having and a having skill to do it to negotiate uh-huh. that with my yes. male partner, but yes. now we've got yes. female condoms. If you won't exactly. put it on, you can put it on, right? So then we got prep too. Yeah, IV drug use. We you can clean the uh, the ways to clean the works and the needles right. if you want to use and use uh, because bleach does kill the virus. Right. There are needle exchange programs, and although they're very controversial, they do work. Right. And we're real also also pushing, you know, drug treatment uh, programs, because if you're doing IV drug use, uh, uh, of course, if you um, get into a program that helps you kick the habit, then that will help uh, decrease your HIV risk as well. Because any drug is a risk, puts you at risk for HIV because you won't use a condom. Right. right? Okay. Just thinking. Right. Right. Yes. right. There's no vaccine now, but. Um, you know, like we said, I, I think with the new mRNA for uh, COVID, um, it's going to, um, it's coming. It's, wow, the, the, you think it's coming? Talk, we, there's talk yeah. that it's going to be on the horizon soon. And COVID has kind of, I like what you said, uh, Rashonda, about we really were pushing prevention. But COVID has just kind of dampened everything, right? Everything right. has shifted to COVID. We're, we're trying to bring this back, right? We're yeah. trying to bring it back. U equals U undetectable or untrans uh, undetectable right if you if you're hiv positive you get your viral load down you can't transmit it so u equals u undetectable equals untransmittable that is the message right. that we're trying to really get out there and then prep right right pre prophylaxis um uh, uh uh exposure right Pre-exposure prophylaxis, PrEP. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, which means this is another tool to use for people who are HIV negative. If you're at risk, say you're the spouse of a person who's HIV positive, then you might want to take PrEP, which currently is one pill a day. The FDA, we talked about in our other show, just approved an injection that you can, Mm -hmm. you know, take every two months, right? 
Right. Exciting, right. exciting. Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah. What's such advancements? Wow. Such advancement. And what about From for 1981 women? to the present? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and what about for women? We got to talk about prepping women, right? Because when prep yes. first came out, it was only it. men were doing it, taking it and right. using it. And I know, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, 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 and by college campuses, I remember young guys coming up and talking about it, you know, from working on the college campus, the guys were talking about it more so than the females. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, but um, we want to really push it for women because it's also advantageous for women. Yeah, and that's what we're doing now in this yes. work we're doing. That's Pushing the work it for we're women, doing. You know, yes, yes. That's the work we're doing. I mean, doing. the other yes. reason that women uh, didn't avail Awareness, education. initially, yes. it wasn't marketed to women. And, and plus... <laughs> there weren't uh, clinical trials. They didn't do clinical trials in women initially. It was in the men. Right, 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 right. And so talking about the work we're doing and, and, and that leads us into the funding. <laughs> right. Um, right. The funding we received to do this work from the Alabama Department of Public Health. Right. Yes. And it's called Ending the HIV Epidemic. Yes. Some people call it EHE for short. Right. And really, this was a this is this came during the uh, Trump administration, an initiative to really uh, 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 look at those high um, uh, prevalence areas in the United States and really target and scale up key prevention and treatment in those communities. Mm-hmm. So we are part of a cohort funded by the Alabama Department of Public Health in the Montgomery and throughout the, really the Montgomery area, right, is our cohort of EHE. There's cohorts in other parts right, of the so state. Area. Um, I think, how many grantees are there? Maybe 15? Um, That may be correct. Yes. I don't have that accurate 15, number. About 15 yes. uh, uh, grantees along with us. WUMO, the A Woman's Worth, is one of the grantees. So that's why we are really pushing this uh, community-based uh, approach to really getting information out uh, to address right. the epidemic in our area. Um, and we're proud to be a part of it, um, sponsored by the uh, Alabama Department of Public Health through the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Yes, yes, yes. And we're so grateful to have this funding and to be able to, as you stated, to push this um, education and awareness out via the community correct. You know, approach. Correct, correct. The individuals in Montgomery. Yes. yes. So how much time do we have, Rashonda? We are three minutes out. Oh, from good, our, good. Uh, concluding up the show. So we've done okay, we packed a lot of information in for we our did. listeners and we hope. Yes, that they've yes. been very informed. So yes. um, I do want to remind our viewers that March 10th is National Women's and Girls HIV AIDS Awareness Day. So we're going to try to have a special guest next week to really talk about activities going on in Montgomery and what women need to do in order to uh, really galvanize around preventing HIV in women, uh, since that is our day. Um, So we invite you to come back and listen to us uh, next week to get that information. Yes, yes. And we hope that. um, mm -hmm. Go ahead. And we hope to bring on more special guests as well in this yes. month as we yes. Um, yes. promote, you know, National Women and Girls HIV Awareness Yes, Day. yes. That's a great idea. We should do that for the rest of the month of yes. March. Great yes. idea. 
Okay, it looks like we've come to an end, and this is uh, hopefully this has been helpful to you as you learn the journey for me and Rashonda over the decades of you know from 1981 until 2022. The uh, uh, how the field has changed. I, I think the take home message is you always have to keep updated. There's always something new on the horizon, and there's always it's getting better and better. And we hope we are helping to do that. So we thank you again for coming to this episode, another episode of A Woman's Worth with Dr. Uh, Pam Foster and Mrs. Rashonda White. And as she said, a woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. And a woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. We hope you have a good week. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.